For all my guys out there who are confused and stuck with their nutrition, who need some solutions that are simple and stress-free, check out my ebook that's in the show notes right now. I just released it. It's called Eat Like a Man, Look Like an Athlete, and I've been getting great feedback. It's literally a simple and stress-free guide that has templates and it's easy to follow that breaks down what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it, how to adjust along the way, how to carb cycle, how to time your workout, nutrition, literally everything you need to know in order to get a better physique, get a leaner physique, be stronger, feel better, be more confident, and optimize your hormones. If you go to the show notes now, you can click the link for the book. It'll take you to a landing page, break down everything you need to know about the page, and you can purchase it there. With the book, you'll actually receive access to a Facebook group for accountability and coaching. So you can ask me anything you need about nutrition, about your training or whatever else you need help with. Go check it out. It's in the show notes now available there. All right, let's get on with the questions. Right into it. Q&A. All right, the first question from Fido. 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 Vito Corleone. All right, so his question, uh, he sent an email in and says, as a fitness instructor myself, two of the most common posture imbalances I see in my clients are shoulder asymmetries, shoulder asymmetries <laughs> and pelvic asymmetries. Should you mention you Obviously, imbalanced motions play a huge role in injuries. Unfortunately, I personally have suffered a slip disc from one myself. So for the risk prevention side of your guys' training programs and building foundation building, mm-hmm. how do you guys specifically deal with clients with asymmetrical postures, whether it's a frontal plane asymmetry or a transverse plane asymmetry? Is there specific exercises or styles of movements you guys substitute for people with asymmetric patterns. Look at this right. Yeah, I was going to say, we're not going to get into the whole uh, fitness jargon bullshit because I can't stand when <laughs> people fucking talk like that Yo, uh, because no. that's not how you really talk. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not shitting on him. I mean, like, but I, I think, well, he knows dude. too that like we understand it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, I, and I think he knows damn well that he yeah. doesn't, I, he, yeah, I don't want to, Michael doesn't, I had no idea what I just <laughs> <Yeah>. read. <laughs> so, but I think, I think Fido knows not to talk to clients like that. Right. And if you right. don't, don't talk to clients yeah. like that. And that's um, a good tip for a lot of trainers out there. Don't like, I tried to yeah, do that. Nobody cares. I tried to do that for a long time. Like, like saying big words and talking about all this shit. And they're like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. can you get rid, does that get rid of my belly? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I, I think that has I f- asymmetries. yeah, everybody has asymmetries. I know that um, you mentioned scoliosis and everybody has some form of scoliosis. Um, that's not like a brand new thing. I think that it's a probably one of the most overdiagnosed um, issues. Maybe somebody has like a significant, like a super significant curve in their in their spine um, to where it, it, it might be a problem. Um, but I think that like, you got to look at, um, how we, how we're posturing things or or how we're setting people up. Right. So one of my favorite things is, uh, getting somebody to practice diaphragmatic breathing. I've talked about this, um, numerous times. There's different ways that you can manipulate the hips, um, in this, uh, in this position. Like if you're laying flat on your back and you got your feet up on a bench or up on a wall, um, in a 90 degree position. Um, and you know, like I, I, I took Cody through this one to where I had him raise his, 
his right foot off the ground and he was like pulling the wall down with his left foot. Um, and, and what that did was that helped his, his hip shift, right? So, you know, he was out of alignment and what was, it was on your right side that you had, uh, hip flexor issues and, um, low back issues. So that's the side that, um, you're gonna, you're gonna lift up. So you're going to elevate that a little bit more. Um, so if you squeeze like a foam roller with your knees, you, you can create tension, um, and you can actually feel, right that that shift so it might feel awkward your gluten hamstring on the left side might might light up uh, a little bit um, but just go like three to five breaths um, and that typically I mean it's not a one size fix all type of thing right Right. like you kind of just have to do a lot of your homework especially when you start um, looking into uh, addressing asymmetries or addressing hip alignment or spinal alignment like you really got to know what you're doing yeah. right and like I, it's not just and I'm not a I'm not a physical therapist I'm not a chiropractor you know like my practice is fitness but there's been a lot of content that I've read and, and I can't put my hands on anybody that that's out of my scope of practice but there's things that you can practice as a coach um, that might be able to help yeah. supplement and I think, don't ever t- tell anybody that you're going to fix them. Well, and I think if there's, there's two ways to go about this too. Like one question is how do you address and fix these things? That's like a whole different ball game. Just like you're saying, and it's all individual, right? So we can't tell you like, Oh, okay. Those are two common ones. This is how I would attack it because there's a million hip things to do. There's a million shoulder things to do that we can work around it. My suggestion is assess your client, figure out what you need to do, research, um, do stuff like you're doing right now. Ask us, like, it'd be different if you were like this exact thing happened and we could see the person. Now the key is, is like you said, like, that's a really good drill practice breathing stuff. I would suggest like while you're doing this and you're pro cause at the end of the day, like this is the way I look at it. The client might have these asymmetries, but they still want to lose fat or build muscle. That's why they're hiring you. Mm-hmm. They're not hiring you to fix the asymmetry because they would hire a physical therapist if that was their main concern. Now, a lot of people can understand that they need to take care of that as well. So if you can do this stuff in the the warm up and like he's saying, then you're an elite trainer and they're going to stay with you for longer. But afterwards, what I would suggest is do the stuff we always talk about, like activate the right muscles before you train. So posterior chain, you know, upper back, rear delts, hamstrings, glutes, whatever you need to make sure that you don't create more imbalance or like, uh, encourage them to get worse. And then what I would probably do is like slow down on the deadlifts and squatting and go to single leg movements because right. you can isolate the asymmetry and then focus on, cause I can cue things better in a split squat than like with somebody that has really bad asymmetries in their hip than a, than a regular squat, right? Cause they're always going to shift one way. Well, let's isolate that side and individualize them. Right. That would be my suggestion as uh, far as the programming goes. Right. So like, let's say, let's take the deadlift for example, right. And somebody's in constant pain. Um, and maybe you don't have a trained eye to see like what's going on, right. Like in that position. So another one that's really good, um, to re- like to assess somebody or to, to really figure out kind of like what's going on, um, is uh, a simple like glute bridge, right? You'll see, um, you know, I, I can look at somebody now and, and let's say, you know, their left side tends to, to come up before the right side, like, so that like they'll get into a hip tilt. And then even when they feel like they're full in full extension, their hips are still in slight flexion a bit. Um, and 
asking them what muscles are firing, what uh, or where they're feeling certain things, yeah, um, and then cueing them from there, right? So, and that's I had a an, again, I had another client um, who he hasn't been training with me for that long. Like we've literally been doing glute bridges each session, and then me uh, coaching him through that. And there's something that is that needs to be uh, addressed every time. Now you can't throw a bunch of different cues at people because it's going to overwhelm them. They probably don't know what you're talking about in the first place. So you might need some feedback tools, touching their hip, you know, things of that nature. But my point is, is that you need to find the most basic movements and that you need to assess and like, even if you see something, not say, okay, well, we're going to go and do this trap bar deadlift and we're going to focus on this. Like my, my thing is like, man, if they can't master the, the glue bridge, why the fuck would I yeah. load them up when in a trap bar deadlift? So, you know, this guy's not going to touch it for another six to eight weeks, right? Like that's how far out he is. And we've, we've already been training for almost, almost two months. So there's, and, and it's, it's different speeds and it really takes a lot of experience and, and really like a trained eye to, to look at these things, but don't feel like you have to fix everything, right? Yeah. The reason that I was comfortable with training him is because I have a lot of experience in coaching th- people um, through like low back pain or uh, knee issues or shoulder issues and stuff like that. And I'm in no way, shape or form a physical therapist. Um, so if there's something that I'm uncomfortable with, I'm going to refer them out yeah. every single time. Well, I think the big thing there too, to remember is take all this advice and then make sure you're communicating it mm-hmm. to the client. Cause that guy might see Steve, his other client cranking out trap bar deadlifts and be and like, man, like, to I want to do, do that it, shit. Right. Like, why aren't I doing it? And instead of being like, Oh no, it's just, you're not ready. Explain why explain the benefit of not doing it. So they don't just feel down or like get, discouraged or impatient you know what i mean so and what what exercise might work for somebody isn't going to work for everybody so you kind of have to you have you have to have a lot of exercises kind of in your repertoire and all of this stuff like i i didn't know like when i first started coaching it's all stuff that i've learned and like i really understand why i do certain things and program things certain way and i like i talked to you like we do four exercises with this guy yeah four exercises every every day and that's it like you know there's people will go with like oh i gotta get seven to ten exercises and i gotta hit a certain amount of volume and frequency like that's all bullshit when it comes to like and like when he came to me he said look i don't really care about like losing weight or i don't need to be the most fit motherfucker like i've been in pain for the last 15 yeah see but in that's but that's a whole different ball game, right? And that's why volume and that stuff doesn't matter as much. Now, if somebody comes to you and they want to solely build muscle, yes, volume reps, all that stuff does count. I think frequency is really prevalent in what he's doing, though, because right. you need to do those things frequently in order to, for right. him to stay in the right posture right. and get out of pain. So, Hopefully that answers yeah, just, the question. I mean, you can kind of go on and on, but just make sure you have a lo- an arsenal in your repertoire. Right. Repertoire. As soon as you yeah, said that, I saw I saw Michael like what the fuck. He did it uh, when we when you were out of town. Oh, is this your favorite word now? You repertoire. And it threw me off too when you said it. Before. Oh, it's oh, it's been in my vocabulary for a very long time. Yeah. Sorry, my vocabulary is much yeah. higher than you yeah. guys. Yeah. I have an advanced vocabulary <laughs> in my repertoire. Vernacular, actually. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, All right, Webster. Ooh. Fire. Miriam. <laughs> What'd you say? Miriam hyphen Webster. Stupid. 
lost me on that one. <laughs> what? Those are the Dude. people that make dictionaries. Oh, okay. I know Webster. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know the Marion part. So, next question comes from an email sent to us uh, via Instagram from Allie Marie. She says, "Hey guys, I went to the fourth annual Human Performance Conference at Rutgers this weekend. It was dope. Dope. The speaker spoke also about my vernacular. <laughs> Go ahead." The speaker spoke about strength conditioning and training for youth prior to entering sports Mm -hmm. for enhancing motor skills and movement patterns before being trained athletically. He also spoke about enforcing strength training for all youth rather than just those who are going to enter competitive sports. What are your thoughts in this area? I would say, so let's, let's really, so what's, I mean, what's like the main question? Like, how do we feel? Like, do we think just our opinion, right? Our opinion on like strength training for youth. I think it's great. I mean, I think that I do. I think that I think that it's important to uh, really understand that. Like, I think that when some people hear, "Oh, well, ki- the youth or kids should be strength training or weightlifting," um, there's a there's a negative correlation with that, right? People are like, "No, you shouldn't Agreed. drill these kids into the ground, or you're going to damage their growth plates or whatever." Like, it's a myth. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a pretty big bullshit myth. Um, like as long as as long as you're moving right in, in these basic movement patterns and, and you're doing what your body's supposed to be doing, it's, it's going to be beneficial. Yeah. So it, I I address, I address it like I would just about anybody else. Obviously you're not going to load up kids in incredible amount. Like I wouldn't even have, I wouldn't even have kids work to 80% effort. I mean, that's just me. Um, I think that the retention span, um, isn't very, uh, isn't very long. So to, to get them to, uh, create a lot of, or have a lot of, be under a lot of time under tension. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of shorter reps with, with kids, um, or, or the youth, I should say. Um, but man, especially like activation drills play. I mean, like that's all comes into strength training because they're going to be stronger in that. I think the best thing is like focus on movement patterns, focus on making it fun. And and just staying active. Like, I don't think that, like, you don't need to periodize squats in a fucking 14-year-old kid's program. Like, I think he needs to squat. I think he needs to hip hinge. I think he needs to push, pull, core. I think he needs to do all that stuff. He needs to have fun with it. He needs to play less video games. Yeah, exactly. And he needs to just stay active because it's going to help his motor learning. It's going to help his uh, sports, yes. But it's also going to help a lot of different functions in his life. It's going to actually probably help his confidence growing up, his energy levels, his, you know what I mean? Like, everything is health. Yeah. I just think the big purpose is just getting in there. Now, if you have a 14-year-old wide receiver prodigy in the making, like it's a different story. Like maybe you do hire somebody that's going to go really specific because like we know like our good friend Andy McCoy, dude, he's coaching kids that are really young in sports development, but they end up being in the NFL and he coaches them all the way up there. But if you if you look at how he does say, that, yeah, he goes like, through the same thing we're talking about. They're right. crawling, they're playing games. Right. And as they grow, they do more stuff. And and I mean, he does do like, here's the thing is like the principle may be speed work, but there's different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Like speed work for the 25 year old football player might be a band resisted speed deadlift versus some kind of explosive hip hinge movement for a kid, which could be totally different body weight, right. could be throwing something, could be playing catch or tag or, you know what I mean? It's totally different game. Um, but I just think, I think movement is key. And I think every, I think every kid should train, especially nowadays with so much video games, sitting and PE getting yeah. taken out of schools it's and shit. Crazy. I can't oh believe that God. shit. 
That is insane. Um, Kaiser actually asked a question today uh, that uh, she was like, you know, do you guys coach Olympic lifts and, you know, power cleans and mm-hmm. snatches and stuff like that? So I actually I actually do see a lot of people who, who do train kids um, in these movements. It's not wrong, but for me, like I'm not going to put some, because I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a well-versed coach in those, in those lifts. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it can be beneficial under a coach who's extremely smart and has a lot of experience in yeah. that, but that's a, that's an extremely challenging movement, but I still think like, okay, so you could do a barbell clean or you could have the kid doing overhead jam ball throw as far as you can right. or even a sandbag clean right. right it's still explosive it still works the same motor recruitment pattern it still is uh the same movements and muscle groups like it's it hits all the things it's just it's way safer so i, th- I think that like because it, it, a lot of it comes down to repetition and there's a lot of prerequisites that you have to have in order to be able to accomplish those moves right with efficiency um and that comes again that comes with the repetition and experience so I, I still feel like those kids have to meet a lot of those prerequisites, which could take years, mm-hmm. right? So maybe they don't do that stuff until they're yeah. 16, 18 years old, right? right. Um, and, and then, you know, once they understand the mechanics and, and they're efficient at it, obviously they're going to perform a lot better. Yeah. All right. Next question. How do you solidify yourself worthy of the success you want to achieve? from our boy Danny um this is it's a tough one because I think everybody's a little bit different here um for me it comes down to repetitive like affirmations and mantras and kind of going back to the previous episode I think it's the previous episode I don't know how these air but talking about uh um, celebrating your wins. I think that once you can learn to appreciate your victories and, and your wins and reward yourself and celebrate and all that stuff, I think it becomes easier to um, allow yourself to be worthy and give yourself permission to do stuff. And I think I think a lot of people just, they have a negative mindset where they, like we see this all the time, like it, it sounds like to some people it might sound w- weird saying like, I'm not worthy of this or like you don't you don't give yourself permission to be worthy of that. But that's the case with most people is they're in a negative place where they don't think they deserve to be successful. Right. And they get this like judgment upon themselves and judgment from others, or they think they're getting judgment from others um, that they're not worth losing this much weight or they're not worth having a good relationship. They're not worth making more money. Right. So they just put down on themselves. So for me, it's learning meditation, learning mantras, learning affirmations and, and really just, positive self-talk like just literally like half the time when i meditate it's literally saying the exact words i am worth it like and i literally just say i am worth it i am enough i am worth it i am enough over and over again right or i believe in myself i respect myself i appreciate myself very very simple stuff and there's more to it like i honor myself because blah 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 right or vice versa but i think just beating it into your head that you're worth it right um, and that's, that's the only way to really solidify it or like get it to a point where you actually believe because it is, it's always going to be in the back of your head. Cause even to this day, like I go through periods like that, right. Where it's like you get down on yourself because you don't think you're worth it or you're yeah. not enough, but it just comes down to repeat repetitive action. I, I think that if you really understand like why you're training, right. Or why you want to work out. And I mean like the real, I'm not talking about like the surface answer, like, Oh, I got a vacation. Like you know, like, why do you really want to train? 
Um, like fitness is the greatest vehicle. I, and, and I believe, especially for this topic, self-worth, right? Like you, you have to earn everything. Yeah. Like you have to earn your health. You have to earn your, your physique. Like you, you got to do it all. Right. Like if you don't do the work, it doesn't like, there's no, there's no faking it. Right. Even if you take steroids, you still have to put in the work. Yeah. Right. So like, again, like if you, if you can stay consistent and, and like you, you understand why you're doing it and you you stay consistent with your training, you celebrate your wins. Like we, like we talked about in the past too, like, man, there's, there's to me, there's no way that you can't feel that self-worth, but if you don't feel worthy enough, I, I and I know this from, uh, experience is that like, you really got to do some self-reflection be like, why don't I feel like I'm ever yeah. worth it? Right. Or like, why do I not feel like I'm good enough? Like, man, like I'm great at what I do. Why should I not just be, why should I not just be killing it and like really accept it? Yeah. And, but like, and it, and then like when you don't, it's very hard to, to uh, accept compliments. Right. Like, and, and I could never take a compliment yep. and like, that sounds like, the, like the craziest fucking thing. That's like, and when I said it things. out loud, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. Like people are like giving me praise and I can't accept it. So if you ever catch yourself saying like, like somebody goes, Hey man, like you look really good. Or like, dude, your arms are getting bigger. You're, you're getting stronger, whatever it is. And you go, yeah, but, and yeah. then you immediately throw back something that isn't going well. Yeah. This is probably a, an issue of, of self-worth. And I right. think like it's way more common than people realize. And it's and it's OK. Like we all go through that. Um, but absolutely, man, I think that's that's a great example of like trying to figure out if that's something you suffer from. If you ref- deflect all compliments, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah. Um, but again, I think the best suggestion is just going to be just constantly and, and like going off of what he said, like he, he you said like, why aren't I worth it? Like write out the reasons you are like, that's a really good exercise. Like, like I am worth this because blah, 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 blah. And when you see all the things that you're worth, you'll have, it'll outweigh the list of why you're not worth it. Most definitely. If there is even yeah. a list, right? Yeah. So that's what I would suggest to you guys to do. And and I think everybody should do that regardless. Cause even if you don't have a serious issue with it, I'm sure at some yeah. point you do, you go through it. Yeah. We all do. Anybody who's pushing for more prehab is always better than rehab. Yep. It should right. be like the slogan of <laughs> mind versus muscle. Right. Like make shirts prehab over rehab yeah. on the back or something. Final question. Prehab, fuck rehab. Sorry, go ahead. Final question. How can you prevent losing focus when a goal is longer than a month or two? So we talked about this before too, and it, it really comes down to macro, macro, micro, right? So, mm-hmm. um, what we talked about before is having that bigger picture. Um, so let's say, you know, you got a goal, something that you want to accomplish uh, a year from now. Um, and, and you have a good understanding of that, why you want to do it. And then everything in between is, is the micro, right? Like you need incredible amount of speed and, and, and doing those things, um, on a, on a daily basis, whatever that might mean for you. Um, once, when you, again, like when you have that bigger picture in mind, like for me, man, it's just like, I constantly think about that. And that's like what gets me up in in the morning, right? Like some days, especially being, you know, in this industry and, in uh, being an entrepreneur and having that mindset, like it's people, people glorify it, but it's, it's really hard, right? Like, cause you don't have anybody there to like tell you what to do every single day. Like you really have to motivate yourself, which is, which is really hard at times. Um, but man, just having that bigger picture and like exactly reverse engineering, right? Exactly. To the micro. I think 
I agree with you 100%. And I think that I think having the bigger picture, but reverse engineering it is the biggest key. So you have the micro in place because we all have big dreams and big goals, but it's the micro, the day to day, the week to week that really keeps us going. So if you don't have like a system or something that you can do every day that keeps reminding you of the big picture, it won't last, right? right? If you have something that you do once a month to get you to the year, it's just not, it's not going to be the same, right? I know there's certain things I have to do every day that will lead to the big success I want in five, 10, 20 years. And because of that, like every time I do those little daily habits, it reminds me and it keeps me going. Yep. The next thing I would say is like, depending on what this bigger picture is for you, get a coach because it's accountability, yep. Yep. right? Like if you have, if you know, like you're like, okay, I want my body to look like this. And I understand the patience is a, is a virtue here. And I understand it's going to take a long time. Just get a coach because at the end of the day, if somebody's going to be there to hold you accountable and keep reminding you, or you got to, you have to go to this gym and see these people every day every, uh, or every week, it just, it keeps you in the game right. so much longer. It's, it's yeah. Like that's again, like that's the most important thing. That's been like a common theme. I think pretty much like every episode, but what, like get a coach? getting a coach, but having somebody like, not just saying like get a coach just to get a coach like get somebody like do your research that actually fucking cares yeah that really cares but it can also like call you out on your bullshit yeah you know what i mean like that's a huge component but like you know give you that constructive c- criticism and like definitely somebody that helps you celebrate your mm-hmm. wins as well well and that's why like i'm I'm pretty upfront with a lot of like the people i take on now it's just like look i'm there's gonna be times where i'm i'm upfront about it and i'm blunt and i'm just gonna call you out because i know that's what you need right but I think I feared doing that in the past because I didn't want people to get like hurt feelings or feel yep. bad and I would be too easy. And like, but that, cause I realized that's what exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Right. And if anybody's listening to this, like, let's say you're still struggling with this and you already have a coach, maybe you look into a different type of coach, like a life coach or something. Or if your big goal, like for me right now, like the hardest part for me to stay consistent with is more of like my life and business. So I have a coach in that area of my life, not the fitness mm-hmm. aspect. Right. So it, everybody's in a different place, but it just all stems back to accountability, man. I think that's like the biggest thing. And for me is like the why I think is a good thing we should mention too. Like if you don't have a good purpose behind that big macro goal, it means nothing. You know what I mean? Like I think you have to have like significance in everything you do. And, and when you set your goals, make sure you set the significance and, and determine what that significance is. So you understand it like fully. Yeah. Is that the last question? That's it. That was the last one. Yeah. I got another personality question for you guys. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking of, I'm just curious about random shit today. All right. I, first one I was going to ask, but what I don't, is, what is your repertoire? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite word in your repertoire, your vocab? Um, I got one that I was going to ask you cause I asked you a long time ago, but Michael probably won't be able to answer it because he, we might be able to, I was going to ask you, like if you had to pick one, person in this industry to spend an hour training with who would it be or a couple hours christian thibodeau i don't know if you would have an answer to that. i already spend many hours a week with <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> but you so don't but you, you don't follow like coaches yeah. like we do you know yeah. what i mean so uh, it's different. i follow a few but um, who would it be do you have anyone off the top of your head obviously it can't be anybody at vigor because you see us all the time oh no um i, I don't know them enough differently to know that oh i want to pick one of those right. over the others right um and i don't think that the importance of what i would pick them for would even matter yeah so i don't really have an answer just I mean, it could be just hanging out with them yeah i don't know 
I'd probably, I'd, I'd still. I don't I, think I'm the best at answering. Yeah, that's kind of why I was. Yeah. I'm gonna ask another one too. Don't yeah, worry. Um, I would probably go with uh, Joe D. I just think that like, like I get why you're saying Christian Thibodeau. That guy's fucking smart as shit. Yeah. But I just feel like Joe D. Has so much real world experience in not only training but business and life. And so like, I would definitely, definitely go with him. Yeah. I'm just I like to his podcast I'm, a ton though too. So I'm, I'm like so a, fascinated by like the psychology of that's crazy. You know what I mean, just yeah. people and then how he, you know, how, <sighs> how he implemented you? that, in, implemented that into coaching. Like it's it's inc- it's incredible. Yeah. Like dude, like it's incredible implementation. It's, it's, so <laughs> it's, it's so incredible. But it's it is crazy if you think about like. Oh, how, so how do you go about designing training programs? Well, I base everything off your psychology and how you respond to things and how your you feel about things. Type, and it's yeah. like, what? Like most people would be like, oh, well, I'm a powerlifting niche. So it depends on your one rep max on this, your your specific goal. And you're mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. It yeah. is interesting. Um, but yeah, so this is what I was going to say instead. Um, if you could spend, uh, so we'll do dinner. Like you're going to dinner. With an actor who is alive right now, actor or an actress, Mm -hmm. yeah, alive, yeah, alive has to be alive. Actually, one one person's alive, one's dead. So there's two people now. There's two people. Okay, actors, actors, nothing outside of acting. Yeah, actor, actress. One's alive, one's dead. For me, The Rock would be the alive one. It was a tough, tough pick between him and Mark Wahlberg, but. We'll go with Dwayne. It's been a long Jackson. time since you've made a yeah, no. Mark Wahlberg. I just think reference. that the, the Rock, as like from a uh, like a philosopher standpoint, would be more enlightening. But yeah, in Bruce Lee, but he would have to have like full. Actually, does he? He doesn't speak very good English though. Still, does he? Like, oh, he speaks English. Fluent? I mean, it's broken, but yeah, like okay. he would definitely. You I could have say, a conversation. Okay, with good. Him. Yeah, yeah, even I would, somebody I would, like you. I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick him. So The Rock and Bruce Lee for the sure. Rock and Bruce Lee, huh? I would have to go with uh, Alive. I would have to go with Denzel. That dude is like the master, like the master of his craft. Yeah. He's a beast. Definitely one of my and favorite actors ever. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I knew. He, I saw Michael shaking his head, so I, I figured that's why he was shaking his head. Of course, it's a black guy. Um, bow to the people. Uh, and then dead. <laughs> um, actually, man, this that's that's a really good one. Um, Marlon Brando, probably. Who Just is because, that? Because so he was. Uh, he was the Godfather, and uh, uh, okay, and he's the, he's the one who played the Godfather, uh, and that's just because that's my that's my favorite, favorite movie. movie. Yeah, God, I can't wait for that Irish mob movie. Oh to come my out, gosh, man. yeah. See, that was so, so the alive one was tough. Like Denzel's like my favorite my favorite actor, but like him and Will Smith, um, him and Will Smith, um, and then. But like, man, like I love Al Pacino. I love Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. Just from like all those old like gangster, yeah. Just man, you know, couldn't make it in the top. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't tap. They didn't hit right here. They didn't. They didn't get in right here. <laughs> so stupid. Denzel, my man. Will Smith, <laughs> hit and miss. But you're my man. <laughs> After Earth was whack, so you know he didn't yeah. get the. Denzel's get never the been in a bad movie ever, ever. Two Guns was like as bad as it got, and that was still, you know, was a good movie. Mark Wahlberg saved it. No, Denzel saved <laughs> it. Actually. 
<laughs> Who's it gonna be? You know, I overthink things. I'm uh, I'm running through too too many. And I'm like, would they get along? What if they don't get along? I, I almost I almost sent you a uh, a quote that I saw today. Um, I opened so I have Chrome uh, internet browser and it's sure. Chrome uh, Malin- Momentum, I think it's called. So it's pretty much like your your home screen on the website. Right. You have like a to-do list. It gives you a quote oh, every cool. day. It says, hello, Cody, what is your most important task of the day? Like, time. It's really dope. Wow. Cool background every time. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a quote. And the quote was like um, all about overthinking. But it was like it was like a great quote on like how overthinking serves no purpose whatsoever. And it doesn't lead to any other results. But wrong. I was wrong. I was literally going to send it to you. <laughs> so I was like, Incorrect. this guy almost texted you it. It drives me to drink every night. <laughs> anyway. Alive and dead. Um, I'll just play it safe and I'll say Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Oh, That would be a funny that's a really ass good one. dinner. Yeah, that's a really good one. Well done. There you go. I forgot about Chris Farley. Chris Farley would... That would be Is a it funny... like separate dinner? It's Or is it... The no, same you're dinner. all sitting at the same table. Oh, okay. That's See, why. Okay. I, that's why I was like, ah, oh. uh, okay. All right. So that's, that's where I, that's where overthinking does come in. Too. I didn't want to have like yeah. some like. So there's a benefit to it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was like separate dinners for some reason. No. Ooh. See, because then Man, I think I might, it'd be a good yeah, dinner. I have to Otherwise, I think that would be a good conversation though, because like both of your guys are kind of like the. Yeah, I don't want to say like Marlon Brando wasn't like the best, but he killed that role. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying he's a little bit older. He's probably been through a lot. You know, he's experienced a lot. Denzel has been in the game for a minute. You know what I mean? Ooh, actually, dead. I changed it. I changed it. What? Heath Ledger. (laughs) I I thought you were gonna say that when we were thinking about it. I was like, he might say Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. That the Joker role. Well, he actually had like one of those. uh, I don't remember what it's called, but where. You get so invested in a role, it actually changes your personal yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Jack Jack Nicholson warned him yeah. to not do that role because it like when he did the it Joker. back in '89, yeah, the it messed with him. Yeah, it it Crazy. fucked with him. And dude, Heath Ledger killed it. Like, wh- I mean, he went way. I mean, obviously, he went way harder than than Jack did because he went yeah. over the deep end. But like, man, like you're so. Invested just in like invested craft. in that role and like you just you lived it like i think method acting is what they call it yeah yeah, that's yeah. what it is mm-hmm. yep but like he you know how he does like the tongue thing or whatever mm-hmm. like he literally had to do that like in his everyday life yeah you know like talk about investing in your craft it's ins- like you literally go crazy for for a role it's right. insane huh that was a better question i thought it was gonna be yeah it was what was yours the rock and bruce lee Right. Okay. Which I still would take because I think okay. I think the rock. I don't know like, if you're gonna change him. After if we're gonna no, nah, if we're gonna talk about like somebody who like mastered his craft or like just to me like I hate the word self-made, but if there's any like example of like being kind of like that image, it's the rock because like he's done so much with his career yeah. that you wouldn't have expected over the years. It's, I it's, would it's do insane. the rock in China. <sighs> Get China out of my machine. <laughs> sitting at my table. Fuck that. Is she dead? No. Oh. Is she? Yes. She died? Oh, oh she did she die? Now I feel like an asshole. Oh, she died. Yeah. How? Uh, yeah. In her sleep. Really? Yeah, she, yeah. So she just... I think there was a lot of other things in her system. Right, right. Yeah. It was kind of sad, but yeah. Hmm. It got overshadowed by Prince. You guys should check out... Uh, if um, <laughs> Like, I know you... I think you were kind of into Bruce Lee a little bit. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of Luca. Somebody Probably told me. Luca. They, he, he, they, this dude wrote a book, um, it's called striking, 
it's not striking thoughts, but it's like striking something. But it's all about like the backstory about Bruce Lee, like the stuff that nobody. So he went and interviewed everybody that grew up with Bruce Lee that hadn't been interviewed before. So he got a lot of like new information. And it's just crazy, man. Like Bruce Lee was such a like renegade. He just going against the grain of like everything everybody ever said. And like yeah. just didn't give a fuck. And like huge insights. I listened to a podcast where they interviewed him about the book and it was like crazy. Jay Ferrugia did a podcast with him. Mm. He interviewed him. Damn. You should check that out. All right. That's it. That's a wrap. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.